Photo Shelter presents Vision Slightly Blurred. I'm Sarah Jacobs. And I'm Alan Murabayashi. Hey, Sarah. Yeah. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Hello. Getting my wine. This is the first episode where we're drinking on camera. I don't know if that puts us in a different class of rating for podcasts, but... I, it's a class I want to be in. <laughs> <laughs> I love that class. Drinking class. <laughs> Drinking class, yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Of, of all the people that you follow on Instagram, who has the most followers? That is a great question. Let me just pull up my cellular up, phone here up. and let me pull up Instagram. You know who it probably is. Mm. Let me guess. Yeah. Kylie Jenner. Oh, I don't follow Kylie. Ooh. Kim Kardashian. Kim do I follow Kim? I don't... I think I unfollowed Kim. No, nope, I didn't. And yes, it's Kim Kardashian. <laughs> With, what, what is she at? 108 million? No, she has 134 million followers. 134 million followers? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is... That is insane. It's so a lot. today's topic is actually... What can photographers learn from Instagram influencers? Such as Kim. Such as Kim Kardashian. So why don't we start there before we kind of break it down a little bit more? I think that's fair. Is there anything photographers can learn from Kim Kardashian? Yeah. I think we can all learn a little something from Kim. I will say this. Whatever you think about the whole Kardashian clan. Yeah. Having, you know, zero talent or very little talent. The talent they have, marketing. Uh, Oh, Genius, hundred percent. Genius marketers. Yes, yes, and they're very, yeah, they're good marketers. They're good at business. Can I? And they're kind of like Teflon Don. Like even when they do questionable things, they just bounce back. Yeah, definitely. Wait, Teflon Don? Yeah, it's a, like an old mafia nickname <laughs> okay. from back in the day. I'm dating yeah. myself. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. That's so. Fine. So yeah. Let's, no, it's true. They do. Let's start with the Jenner Kardashian clan. What What should photographers learn from those? From those people. Those people. From those people. Okay, well, basically, I mean, look, the Kardashians gave us an inside view of their quote-unquote personal life from the get-go. So it's like BTS, behind the scenes. Exactly. It was BTS. It was televised behind the scenes of their life, and that was before any of them were... That was... Yeah, that was before Instagram when the show premiered. I believe. I think the show premiered in 2008, I want to say, or seven. And so that was before Instagram. That was before we were following them on Instagram or Snapchat or, you know, Twitter. So I remember back in the day when photographers were still blogging because that was kind of the thing that we did. Mm -hmm. And one school of thought was that photographers should blog about sort of behind the scenes, like how they got the shot. Right. And I think it works for some photographers, but not all photographers. Right? Okay. Because not, yeah. not every, like people aren't necessarily curious about every photographer. I will say on Instagram, I follow Art Streber and his account is like, here's the shot. And then the next post is, this is how I got the shot. And it's always informative. That's cool. You're just like, I can't believe this is how you, you lit it. Mm-hmm. So he had one photo of, I think it was like Amy Poehler or somebody in a Maya Rudolph in a convertible. And it kind of looked like, you know, the top was down. It kind of looked like they were riding into the sunset. And the BTS image was actually, they had used a beauty dish with an orange gel over it that was slightly out of camera that created a lens flare that gave it that look. And oh. you're like, I, I can't believe this is how they did it. And he's like, it was freezing that day. It was oh freezing my God. that day. Ah. So that's, a, that's an interesting, you know, if you're doing 
eye-popping work, especially with lighting. I do think that that's sort of the Kardashian behind-the-scenes yeah. thing that you can do, but it doesn't work for everyone. No, it doesn't work for everybody. Um, but I also think that there's benefit in doing behind-the-scenes not just about your technical um, abilities or how you're setting up a shot, but genuinely about your life. One thing... That some, I think this is becoming less popular, but some photographers will have like their personal Instagram account and then like their professional account. Don't, don't do that. Don't have two Instagram <laughs> accounts. That's annoying for your friends. <laughs> it's annoying. It's a Finsta. You need the Finsta. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the fin- fake Insta. Oh, the fake Insta. Yeah, yes. The Finsta. Use the Finsta for your stocking needs. That's fine. No, no, no. But like don't, don't have two because there's this. The whole thing is that your brand, and I I hate myself for even using that term, but like your personal brand is about your life and what you're doing. So including your audience in on that can strike conversations with other professionals that follow you. Like you might post about a movie you just saw or a TV show that you're watching. And like a photo editor, for example, might be much more um, willing to message you to be like, oh, I saw that episode. I really liked it. But don't you think that the best influencers now use stories and or IGTV for the more casual parts of their life, whereas the feed is still kind of the curated, the highly curated images? Totally. Yes. That that's different. And I do we've talked about that on previous episodes and absolutely. Like Insta stories, yeah. Post about like the silly stuff that you're doing, you know, your day to day, whatever, your BTS, right? And then your feed can kind of be like the professional work. I know an influencer who has probably about a hundred thousand followers. And she knows the characteristics of what a good post is going to be in terms of if I don't acquire this many likes within the first three minutes, I know it's going to be a bad post. So I delete it. Oh, she deletes it. Oh, okay. So that's, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. If you're trying to get engagement and you're trying to, um, to finesse the algorithm, Mm -hmm. then you need to pay attention to time of day that you're posting and the characteristics of engagement. And if the engagement is low, one thing that we were just talking about at work, um, speaking of like low engagement, is noticing a pattern of if you have a low performing post that didn't get as many likes. And this is if you have a lot of followers. Okay, sorry guys, I'm not talking to like the people that have like 500 followers. <laughs> sorry, slightly more. Um, if you have a low performing post, like your next few are probably more likely to also low perform. And nobody really knows the Instagram algorithm. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what they're doing. I personally think they're probably reading metadata within photos and that that influences it, but that's just a weird theory I have. But anyway, this is a theory where like, if you have one low performing that the algorithm will then automatically like not show your next few to as many people or bump it to the top less. So, Which kind of makes sense. Like if you had to design an algorithm to optimize engagement because you want as many people staying on Instagram as possible. Right. It makes sense, but it's really annoying as a content creator. It is, right? But you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There there is logic to that algorithm in order to have people staying on the app and looking at at posts and liking posts. One of my uh, go-to websites, theverge.com, had a, uh, a, a bunch of articles that they put under the creator's issue. And they talked to two Instagram influencers. 
One was a woman who was selling plants out of her apartment. Oh, cute. Um, her story was she was working at a plant store, and I think uh, business got slow, and so she started Instagramming plants that she had at her apartment, and then people started inquiring. And so her sort of take on Instagram was that it became a very a, a very one-to-one conversational tool that also led to a lot of referral business. Mm-hmm. So she now became, you know, she had this like a nice window, so there was like sunlit apartment but she became the person that said, like, look at this nice plant. And then, oh, I got I got that plant from you, like, last week. And word of mouth referral. So she's not a huge influencer. She definitely falls under the category of micro-influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, but that certainly, like, in 2019, mic- micro-influencer is who all the advertisers are going after. It's not about having the most followers. It's having the most engaged followers who sort yeah. of believe in you as a person. The other person that they profiled was... Um, a big black woman who said, that's my shtick. I'm the big black woman who's got like taste. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, you know, the hope is to be able to do this full time. Well, what is she marketing though? It's like lifestyle. It's just like lifestyle. Oh, just a lifestyle. Yeah. It's, it's lifestyle, but she'll get, she'll get product, occasional product endorsements. Right. And and she's trying to do this sort of ratio thing where it's like one um, hashtag advertisement to every 10, just lifestyle. I'm in my apartment. This is what I'm doing. Here's I my see. coffee. Sure, sure. She did say, I don't drink coffee. So I have one <laughs> cup of coffee in my fridge that I pull out for whenever I need it out of the fridge, which I thought was hilarious. That's great. Sad, but also hilarious. But people, you know, people love coffee. So you're yeah, kind they of playing do. to like, your, your audience a little bit. Totally. The coffee gets those likes. But but so those, those two kind of aspects, one is having this real dialogue with the people that are following you. Yeah. Um, and the other one is just to occupy a niche. Which is like, okay, you're the ex-photographer who, you, you know, you, you're the, the, the guy who carries the Polaroid. You're the guy. So there was an article in the New York Times about the guy in Soho who has the old Polaroid camera taking pictures on the street. I passed by him today. Yeah. And that's all he does. Yeah. That's his shtick. So be known for that. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. For that specialization. Yeah. You mentioned referrals and, uh, it's so easy now to, refer your friends to businesses that you like, that you see on Instagram. Like, you know, it used to have to be that it would come up naturally in conversation, like, oh, I passed by a store and whatever. You should go to it. No, this is like, it pops up on your Instagram, you DM it to a friend that you're like, oh, this is totally so-and-so style. Gonna send it to her. There are definitely types of photography that are so reliant on referrals. I'm thinking of wedding photography. Oh, yeah, right. Where, I mean, maybe I see it less now on social media, but I remember a few years ago, it was always like, I'm getting married. Does anybody know any wedding photographers in City X? Mm -hmm. And then you would just start seeing all the endorsements coming in. Oh, I use this person for my wedding, or they shot this other person's wedding. And then so these wedding photographers become very sophisticated marketers. But that, that has always been, you know, wedding photography has always been a lot about the relationship between photographer and customer because you're spending so much time with the client on one of the most intimate days of their life. Mm-hmm. And so you, you better get along with them from a personality perspective. That's true. In addition to like liking their aesthetic. You're not going to hire someone you're like, I can't stand that photographer. Right. Even though I like their photos. That just... That doesn't happen that often. That's really true. And that is very different from other types of photography. Yeah. Maybe the only other thing is portrait 
but like not yeah. even not and, even yeah i do see referral for a lot of um like assistant i need an assistant yeah. in charleston tomorrow mm-hmm. who knows how to use pro photo gear so you see that mm-hmm. you'll occasionally see the i need a photojournalist in country x although i think because of some of the directories that have popped up over the years that that's becoming less of a a need mm-hmm. for, for a referral basis um but I think that word of mouth component can be very, very powerful for some types of photography. Yeah. And having that, presenting yourself as a real personable, um, affable personality becomes really important in your social media brand. Right. Yeah, it brings it back to that. Totally. Yeah, yeah you, you should be, I think you should be sharing your life and how it works. You know who lets us into their life really well is photographer Kendrick Brinson. Her and her husband have had a photography business for years. I personally only follow Kendrick. I don't follow the husband. Sorry, dude. Um, Banks and Brinson. Banks and Brinson, right. But um, but she is always Instagram storying like her and him traveling together and their pets and just like their whole life. And it's very enjoyable when I'm flipping through Insta stories to be seeing what she's up they, to. They even have a hashtag for this f- couple's photo that they, they do together. Oh, they do? What is yeah, that? Where, the, where Banks is holding his wife, kind of pulling her into the air a little bit, and it's called Banks and Brinson, Brinsinging or whatever. Oh, yeah. that's cute. It's cute. Yeah, they're always put, I mean, because they're both photographers, they're always sharing photos of each other and, you know, being lovey-dovey, and, like, it's it's really darling. We're talking about things that photographers can learn from Instagram influencers. Yeah. I would caution, and this is a this is a big generalization. Okay. But the average influencer has a pretty limited skill set, which is why they're an influencer in the first place, right? They're like they're curating. Mm-hmm. It's not like they have a skill of playing an instrument or they're a financial wizard or they're a photographer. Right. Right? That said, some of them are very good photographers. Yeah. Um, but that's the one thing that I would say. You know, influencers are chasing the followers likes. and the likes. Yes. Because their entire ability to earn is based on that engagement. Right. Building engagement. Whereas right. a photographer is using Instagram as a way to market. It should be a, a part of their marketing plan. Um, you're less, con- you ought to be less concerned, I think. Yes. Um, about engagement comments and likes yes because we've seen very poor translation of social media engagement into getting hired for a job or selling prints yeah right right? yes totally in fact when you mentioned you know this person you know that will delete the photo within three minutes if it's not getting you know the traction that that they would want um well, it made me think of some of my low-performing posts. <laughs> you know, and, but it's more, as a photographer, it's more important for me. And I forget this because we do live in this influencer yeah. world. Yeah. And it's good to remind, you know, as a reminder, this photo is important because of the person that's in it. Yes. Which, or the way that it was shot or the access that I got to this person. Yes. And, and so even if it didn't get, a certain amount of likes, you got to keep it up um, on Sarah, your page. If I deleted all my poor performing posts, <laughs> there'd be like two photos there. There'd be a photo of soft serve. <laughs> maybe the ice cream. <laughs> there'd be a photo of ice cream and maybe a, you know, yeah. a photo, uh, you know, 
from Hawaii of the surf. Oh, and definitely a selfie hour. Maybe a couple selfies with my shirt off, something like that, you know? You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, while there are things to to learn from influencers, that is a great word of caution. There are very few photographers who are at the level of macro influencer, i.e. a million followers or more. Yeah, who is there, on you know that list? The, there there are a couple of the like lifestyley travel photographers. Yeah. There's like a couple of Nat Geo photographers okay. that have that were know, like early adopters of the platform. Early adopters, um, and or you know like a Jimmy Chin who just won an Oscar. But I've always said you can't sort of base your your life plan or your business plan or any plan hmm. on the performance of the outliers. It makes no sense yeah. to be like, well, if I could only be like Jimmy Chin, well, can you scale a mountain and, uh, you know, like run a marathon yeah. in like three hours? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm looking at his profile. It's <laughs> right? pretty amazing. Why don't I follow him? He has 2.3 million followers. Jimmy Chin's a stud. But so, so there's yeah. a lot of photographers who fall in kind of the 10 to 20K range who in the influencer world yeah. would be micro-influencers. Totally. I yes. think there are some business opportunities there but really like the the end goal of the traditional social media influencer which is to make money off of their influencing right is fundamentally different than a photographer who's trying to take photos and get their work out and being hired to take photos totally agree i'd say uh, like a micro influencer that i really enjoy following is andre laro follow him. He's great. He's an Adobe creative um, mm. resident and he posts a lot of how-to videos um, which I find really helpful and just enjoyable to watch and you can tell from his work well first of all he's just very good. He takes beautiful portraits, mostly portraits also like travel stuff too um, uh, he just has an enjoyable personality. You like you you'd want to hang out with him Is that? Are you trying to get a date on the show? <laughs> no no, <laughs> Alan, I'm a professional. Okay? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's no, right. for real though. But um, yeah, yeah, he's a good one. Okay. Any yeah. other uh, influencers? Any Photo-, other- Photo influencers? Photo related that I follow. I don't have my phone on me. I can't tell you. Oh man, you should pull it out. Okay. Um. Yeah. Nobody though. That's like teaching quite as much. I'm not. I'm not super into that. Like, I have to really like your personality in order to kind of watch yeah. those tutorial videos because there are, that's a whole other niche of photographers that are doing like YouTube tutorials oh, yeah. that are like, yeah. right. Yeah. That have that, that YouTube, uh, personality and like, I don't know, on camera attitude. Well, I, you know, I was a music major in college, so I follow a lot of musicians and I'm, I'm really intrigued by this really younger generation of, I follow a 12 year old, prodigy keyboard player up Mm -hmm. to kind of you know early 30s guys who are just kind of early career or early mid-career and seeing the ways that they are building their audience so there's a lot for music because it lends itself there's a lot of collaborations where one musician will lay down like a track and then another musician will use that as a foundational track and then put it like a drum track to it or a bass track and then they'll tag that original artists and then they'll be like oh wow man that's really cool we should jam yeah you don't really have that in photography so you can't really copy that paradigm but i do think that the cross-pollination in music and the what seems to be like a really friendly healthy environment 
I don't see that as much in photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be really cool if if the industry as a whole was a little bit more receptive to be like, hey, man, that's really cool. I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. Let's go grab a coffee. Maybe it's a little yeah. weird, but it would be no. cool if it could exist. I know. I'm wondering if that is happening. And we're just not invited. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, you know what? If uh, if it's happening and we're not invited, tweet at us and maybe invite us to coffee. I like I like coffee. Yeah, I like coffee too. Guys, what? No, no, it's true. I don't I don't quite see that as much. Um because I don't know. It, it's there's sort of this air of competitiveness too. Yeah, and photography is a very solitary discipline. Like yeah. you're you yeah. pull the trigger and you're the guy who gets the credit. Totally. Right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I am seeing more and more photographers, though, properly tag. Here was the stylist. Here was the hair and makeup artist. Here was the assistant that I used. I think for commercial jobs, that's pretty, that's pretty common, commonplace now, right? Yeah. Or yeah, maybe it's happening more now on Insta because people like want to seem like they're shooting commercially. Oh, yeah, there's that, too. Well, it works. I mean, that's cross, it does. cross and marketing, that's, cross-promotional, it works. Exactly. Yeah, it totally does work. And I also yeah. appreciate it, because then it's like, oh, cool, here's an assistant, you know? Or, like, here's a second shooter. Here's a hair and makeup artist that I could potentially collaborate with. So, so we tag, all, tag your team, guys. We all follow <laughs> uh, different people who are outside of the photo industry. Yeah. And I think that there's there's so much to learn from sort of the best slash worst practices that are going on in the industry. And we just have to be, we have to keep our eyes open and be receptive to changing our approach to using the medium, mm-hmm. which, and, and also it's kind of like it changes all the time, shifting under our feet. So it's hard to keep up with it. Um, but I, you know, as long as photographers remember that that goal isn't straight engagement. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's the lesson of this episode. You gotta, you gotta know why, why you're participating in the first place, mm-hmm. um, and then figure out how to translate Instagram engagement into whatever you're trying to accomplish from a business perspective. Here, here, totally. Hey, cheers to that. Cheers, cheers to that. Cheers, cheers. <laughs> PhotoShelter is the online leader for photography websites and workflow tools. Archive, distribute, and sell your photos in a mobile-friendly, responsive website. Try one free for 14 days at photoshelter.com slash podcast. Then download one of our free educational guides at photoshelter.com slash resources.